Hey everyone, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Josiah Grimes with Keegley, and he's here to share how Keegley is doing 70 properties a month and even peaked a couple of times at over 80, which is astronomical. Thanks, I can't Steve. even Thanks. imagine that. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, broker owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the Offer Fast Homes app, the only app you need for wholesaling, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires. So please, Message me if you ever need any help with your business. If you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, give me a thumbs up. And as a reminder, I do not charge anything for this show. There's no, I don't make any money doing this, so here's all I ask. Um, if you're getting value out of this show, please tell a friend by sharing this episode right now, tagging a friend below, or tell me the best takeaway from this show later on. That way we can all grow together. And don't forget this is a live show so please post your questions josiah will be happy to answer them for you cool ready i'm ready man all Let's right do it. what got you into real estate that's a fantastic question love that question um so i always wanted to be an entrepreneur yeah when i was like super little so from like probably age age four something like that mm -hmm. i was like lemonade stands snack bars really uh, yeah all that fun stuff um, so any any stuff like that. My mom owns a business. Yeah, which is kind of cool. That's like that was awesome. <laughs> how we're connected? Yeah, how we're connected there. Yeah. Um, so my mom mom owns a, a music school, and so Steve's kids go to the music school, and yeah, yeah it was that was fun. But uh, yeah, so a lot of encouragement from my mom. Uh, you know, just in that space, she had a, she owned her own business. She was successful. Uh, so that was super fun. She would play like Rich Dad Poor Dad on audio CDs in the car. Really? Yeah. So, That's cool. Yeah, it was super cool. So yeah. um, so I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Uh, super excited, you know, just about business. Um, I was that guy that would sit there, like, in, in my high school classes or junior high classes, and, like, literally, I would just write out numbers. So I'd be like, okay, so the business is going to look like this. You know, like, <laughs> it's going to look like this. And then I'd be like, okay, but that's, you know, this is the product we're going to sell. The product will sell for $13 a piece. Okay, if I sell... 75,000 of them. All right, numbers look pretty good. Like that was like that was my life. The I, eternal uh, optimist started early. Yeah, 100%. So, um yeah, that was my life, right? I just loved I loved business. Was always had a passion for it and interest in it. Um and then when I was 17, uh, so at 17 I was even though I'd done all these little business things, mm -hmm. I was still like really quite naive as far as how a real business works. <laughs> Uh, there's a big difference there between like yeah. what people think it is and then what it actually is. Right. Um, and so I went to I went to an event, right, which is really just like a pitchathon. Mm -hmm. um, so I went to an event, met a lot of interesting people, uh, and really, like, if you've ever been to an event like that, it's basically you get an hour. Like each speaker gets an hour, and mm -hmm. then they talk a little bit. They give a little bit of content, and then the rest of the hour is just like a pitch. Oh yeah, right? like them selling something. Like get motivated. Yeah, it's like get motivated, and then the way you're gonna make a million dollars is by buying this for fifteen grand. I'll see you in the back, like right. that type of. You can write a book for forty grand. I'll help you all the, the whole way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'll help you the whole way. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, yeah, exactly. So I went to that pitchathon event, and one of the guys talked about. He's like, uh, his whole thing was like, I will teach you how to take $10 and turn it into $10,000 in real estate. And I was like, wait a second here. Like, <laughs> hold on. You know, like I've read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. talks about, you know, it talks a lot about being financially literate, but also talks about rentals. Mm -hmm. I was like, dude, like rentals cost a lot of money. You know, how do you make money in real estate uh, if you don't have money? Right. And so um, I actually asked the speaker, I was like, do you mean like $10 or you can take $10,000 and make another $10,000, mm -hmm. right? And he was like, no, like $10. Mm 
I was like, dang. So, um, so the minimal number for consideration in the state of Arizona. Yeah, ten dollars. Ten dollars. And so, uh, yeah. So I was like, dang, that's interesting. At the same time, I was like, that might be false. You know, like <laughs> you could be lying to me. Yeah. Um, and so I went to. Uh, I was talking to the guy that cuts my hair. Okay. I was talking <laughs> to the dude that cuts my hair. And I said, hey, you know, like. This, this is my, my circle of, you know, influence here. These are the people that I, my advisors, right? right. So the guy that cuts my hair, I was like, hey. So I was at this event, and this guy said that he took $10 and made $10,000 in real estate, right? Like, have you, have you ever heard of that? Like, does that make any sense? Like, that's just fake, right? Uh, and, like, my hairdresser, hairdresser, barber, whatever. Without board of advisors. That's right. Boom. Okay, <laughs> board member. Here we yeah. go. Uh without missing a beat is like, oh yeah, I, I cut the hair of a guy that does it all the time. I was like, what? You know, like, dang, okay, who, who's this guy? He was like, well, you know, I can't give you, I can't like give out his information or anything, uh, but like he just started a company, a little company, uh, it's called a Clever Investor. I think that they have like a social media platform, mm -hmm. something like that. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, so anyhow, that led to, uh, I reached out, He Cody had just launched a, um, or Cody, for those of you who don't know Cody Sperber, uh, but had just launched like a social media website. Mm -hmm. So before he had the education business, he was like, I'm going to make it big in the social media market. Yeah. Uh, and so it launched a social media met website for real estate investors. And so I logged on and I was like, all right, I'll make an account. I was trying to be super active, mm -hmm. uh, messaged uh, Cody directly, basically said like, hey, you know, I'm really eager to get started, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the guy that cuts my hair had also kind of like given me a good word, you know, and said like, hey, Josiah's pretty cool. He might reach out to you through your platform or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and so from there, basically, um, it was like a long, probably a few months of just like following up and being like, hey. Uh, and then I bought the first version of like, they had like something like a fast track is what the yeah. product's called. So I bought the very first version of that um, with like all the money that I had. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I spent, yeah, all the money that I had. And then... Um, I was working for my mom at the time, cleaning the music school. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can't remember, I think she might've like forwarded me a couple hundred bucks to buy bandit signs. Right? Cause I was going to go put up bandit signs. That's so cool. Yeah. It was fun. It was cool. Dude. It was, it was awesome. So, um, bought bandit signs and then, uh, essentially, uh, Cody gave me a call just to be nice and say like, Hey, you know, let me check in help you out. Um, gave me a call and said, Hey, what, uh, you know, where are you at? What are you working on? And I told him like, Hey, I've watched all the videos and I just, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to apply this, right? Mm -hmm. How do I apply this? Uh, and Cody's like, okay, well, really what you need to do is you need to find somebody uh, that you can kind of follow around or work for for free, you know, so you need to go down to the auctions or something like that, talk to somebody there, uh, and then find somebody you can work for for free, and, you know, they can teach you, you know, it's worth working for them for free because they'll teach you the game, essentially, yeah. right? Because you don't have a lot of money to invest in coaching, something like that, so do that. Uh, and I was like, whoa, could I just work for you for free? <laughs> like, hey, you know, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, nah, like, I don't really do that. You know, like, that's not my thing. Like, I'm busy with my investment business and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, it's like, okay, cool. And so I just kept following up and I said, like, hey, I've got, you know, 200 bandit signs here and, like, I'll put them out for you for free. You know, like, you just tell me what to do mm -hmm. and then I'll go, like, put these out for you. Um, you know, I'll go, I'll do whatever. I'll work for free. Just tell me what to do. Uh, and so he's like, okay, you got a shot. You know, like, meet me for lunch. Mm -hmm. So, Met him for lunch, uh, and then God just like literally just hooked me up, opened the door for me. I put out, I think like he gave me one property to sell, right? And it was a lease option, uh, so it was priced like a hundred and twenty-five percent of what market was. Uh, and then you put you put a certain amount down, right? Mm -hmm. Or you put a, a certain chunk down as your option consideration, and then they're in the property for two years. Then they can exercise their option, 
Uh, and then rent is also slightly higher than right. what it normally Over market. is. Overmarket. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, so yeah, God just hooked me up. I put out the signs. I got one phone call and that phone call. So I was like, okay, cool. So I drove out there in my dad's car, right? Uh-huh. Like drove out there in my dad's car. I think I was 17, something like 17. What year was this? Uh, 2010. Okay. Yeah. 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. I think 2000. Yeah. 10 or 11. So, okay. um, Drove out there, and uh, I think it was 10. Yeah, so drove out there. Anyhow, just for the details, right? Details right, are important. right. So, uh, but drove out there. was trying to be, like, super charming and nice. Like, yeah, I showed him the house. And then uh, they're like, okay. And so Cody had told me one thing. He's like, if they seem interested, ask them, like, do you want to see what this looks like on paper? And I was like, okay, I got that. Like, I'm, <laughs> I got that. That's my line, right? right. So we are looking around, and okay, granted, we walked in this house. Like, it smells like cat piss. Mm-hmm. It's in Maryville, right? It's, like, not not the when i walked in that house i was like this is not so i'm like dang it uh-huh. um but they walked they were walking around they were spending a lot of time looking at stuff uh you know this whole family super nice uh, and so they're like okay well you know like it's pretty interesting i was like okay well do you want to see what it looks like on paper uh-huh. right like that was my line yeah. and they're like yeah and i was like okay great well let's let's set a meeting let's meet at starbucks uh tomorrow morning and then i can show you everything on paper uh, and get that all set up for you and then you would just bring a rent deposit, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I, and they're like, okay, cool. So they just said like, sure. It's like, this is amazing. It's easy. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> next day they are basically Cody, like called, or I called Cody, I was like, hey, great news. Uh, and Cody's response at first was like, okay, dude, like I don't want to drive out to the Starbucks in West Phoenix if like these people aren't legit. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is your first day on the real estate job. There's a solid shot that you think these people want to buy it, but they don't, right? right? So are, there, are you like sure that they mm-hmm. want to buy it? Uh, and I was like, I mean, I think, you know, like, I think that I said your line, you know, like, I think they want My professional opinion is yes. Yes. My professional <laughs> or my non-professional opinion is yes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. My non-professional opinion is yes. And so uh, basically he's like, okay, you know, like I'll come out and like, let's do it. Whatever yeah. let's come out and see how it goes. Uh, so we went out there, they had the check for like, it's like eight grand or something like that. Mm-hmm. Signed all the paperwork. And like Cody like looked over at me, he's like, All right, you're my new intern. I was like, sweet. <laughs> so then Great job, that's, inter- job interview. Yeah. So that yeah. kicked off uh um working for free for Cody for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh and yeah, it was fun. So that was two thousand ten and you were still working under him for yeah. how long? I worked so I was an intern, then I was employed, and then I was a partner mm-hmm. with Cody in his investment business. Okay. So that was my progression through that. Um and that was that was a solid probably four or five years, something like that. Okay, and four when did Atlas Investments start? Atlas Investments started, oh dang, all these dates. I need to sit down and plan these out so that way I can <laughs> accurately say them, right? Right. Um, Atlas Investments, maybe? Okay, because there was Aptis, which I owned with Cody, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, my own company, when I like branched off, did my own company, that was originally Atlas, mm-hmm. right? So that was the first thing I did. Uh, so that would have been two, two or three years ago, three years okay. ago. Yeah, I think. And then that's young thereafter, you yeah. kind of joined forces with Hunter, kind yes. of. Yeah, so when I started my own thing, then uh, Hunter and I started working very closely together. Yeah. Essentially what happened was uh, Jamil was handling all acquisition, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so he was sending the, you know, sending me properties to sell or more like, I was like, Hey, Jamal, want to send me a house? Want to send me a house? Want to send me a house? Yeah. Um, so he was sending me properties to sell. And then I was like, dang, like this is too, I can't sell all these houses. You know, yeah. like it's too many houses. 
Uh, and so that's when I said, hey, Hunter, I know that you have a great buyers list and you've really been developing this. You sell a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you want to help a brother out, right? right. Uh, so originally we all worked separately. We we're all like a separate. Uh, Jamil was bringing in properties and then Hunter and I were selling them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, about, about two years now, we incorporated into Keegley. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. So um, I'll just rearrange the questions here. So I want to talk about how we met. Yeah. And I think this is a funny story is that we, you and I, we met at a meth house. Yes, we did. <laughs> okay. Did. So I got this property tied up in AJ. Mm-hmm. Nice, beautiful one acre lot. That's right. Right. With nice this house, Steve. that was a manufactured home mm-hmm. with an addition. Yep. With another yes. house. <laughs> oh my gosh. You remember the addition in the back? I of do. That it was very home? nice. <laughs> and it then was there very was nice. another house, another manufactured home. Mm-hmm. And then there was the tractor. Uh, not a tractor, the trailer mm-hmm. that was just parked there, and no one knows who owned the trailer. Yep. So I'm talking to the homeowner, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, buddy, I understand that the guy in the front house was evicted, or not evicted, arrested by the police yep. a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. I'm not going in this house, <laughs> so we need to get an idea of what the house looks like, but unless you get those people out of there, I'm not going in. Yeah. And he's like, I can't, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. So I called Jamil, I was like, Jamil, look, I got this property, it's an AJ, it's a crap hole, and we need to get inside. He's like, Steve, I got it, don't worry about it. I've got this guy, big dude, it's like a bouncer, he's got the holster where you can put the guns on both sides, oh right? Gosh. Okay, all right, Jamil, that works. So like, let's meet 11.30, whatever. And I pull up, 11.25, I'm sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. It's like, Jamil, it's like almost 12 o'clock, like where's your guy? Mm-hmm. He's like, bad news, man, my guy bailed on me. But I got this other guy. You're going to be fine. Awesome. <laughs> so Fantastic. So I'm sitting there and waiting, and I see you and Hunter pull out. I was like, okay, this guy is the opposite of oh the gigantic dude of the bouncer with the two guns. That's hilarious. <laughs> Especially because we had Hunter, too. Like, Hunter's yeah. like my little sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I think Hunter, I, can't, oh, I don't even know how old Hunter would have been then. I think he was like 19 at that time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, but, like, Jamil was right. Like, you knock on that first door, talk to that lady. Walked around, took photos. I didn't even yeah. walk into that house. Uh, <laughs> Steve's out front. He's like, no, nah, I'm good. You guys, you handle it. I'm going to wait up here for the homeowner. Well, I was just chilling with Hunter, right? Yeah. You're the one yeah, doing seriously. all the hard work. Oh, my god. So then you went through the trailer. I remember that. And then you went to the back house. And I was like, okay, if yeah. Hunter's in there for like 10 minutes, either it's safe or someone needs to rescue. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> or I'm dead. Yeah. Just dead in so the So let's house. go find out. So that's when I eventually had the courage. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I remember that house. But it's crazy how we met. Okay, so one of the things we were talking about was one of the benefits you guys can provide to new guys. Yeah. Right? So if you're yeah. new in the wholesale world, this is somewhat intimidating from the outside it looking super in. super is, yeah. yeah. So what what kind of service do you have for, like, the new guys? Yeah, so the biggest – I think the biggest thing that I struggled with when I was, like, starting mm-hmm. in real estate – and this is, like – I have some – I have a couple – very key examples of this. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like the enticing part is like, okay, I can take $10 mm-hmm. and make $10,000. Like, that sounds awesome. Right. right. Like, sweet. Like, I've got 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, I would rather have $10,000. I'm down. Right. Yeah. So, uh, for, as far as that goes, wholesaling is a pretty easy pitch. Right. Like, most people want to do that. It's, it, it's the get rich quick scheme, but real. Yeah, but real. Yeah. Right. Seriously, it's like one in the lottery. Yeah. Um, and so, that part's great. Right, like that part's awesome. What you don't realize is it's ten dollars with the promise that you're gonna buy somebody's house. Yeah. Right. And then if you don't perform, like you just straight up lied to that person. Mm-hmm. 
And that sucks. Like, it does suck. That part's not fun. So um, it's kind of like a little bit of a bait and switch because you're mm-hmm. like, oh, 10 bucks, I got that. They're like, oh, well, you also have to tell somebody you can buy their house. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I have 10, I'm in this because I got 10 bucks, you know, like yeah. not because I have. That's all I got. Yeah, not because I have hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy them. So, um, so that was a big struggle when I first started, mm-hmm. right? Was like, dang, uh, sure, I can get the house under contract, but, you know, where am I at morally here? If I'm telling somebody I'm going to buy their house, they're moving their stuff out of the house. They're planning. Yeah, they're planning. That money is already spent. Yeah, or they put a deposit on someplace to go mm-hmm. next. Um, they're Yeah, just, you know, all of that, that stuff that comes with moving, right, that you would yeah. normally do. Um, and especially back then because, like, all of our contracts were, like, 30-day closes and, like, 29-day inspection periods, mm-hmm. which, like, don't do that, okay? If you're right. starting out wholesaling and you do not have a solid dispositions line, like don't it, don't have your inspection period go all the way up till the day before close unless you want like a really pissed off seller if you have to cancel like, yeah not a good move yeah um, but that was a big issue right was like dang uh, as Josiah I don't you know like going to these houses I don't feel comfortable telling this guy I'm gonna buy his house mm-hmm. if I'm pulling up in a kind of a beat up car and I don't have the money you know to fulfill on this uh, so one of the big things that we do now that we've been super successful with and uh, is I'm really like happy and proud that I get to do this. Um, but, and it works great. Like it's a win, win, win. But for like, you, you know, guys that are, uh, guys that are out there and they've got the 10 bucks, mm-hmm. right. And they got the 10 bucks. They have some time to go door knock or to dial or to, you know, whatever work. Make bandit signs. Make bandit signs. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, then we, we, we like, we step in to be their backer. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they hit us before they go to an appointment. They say, Hey, uh, this is the property. What can you pay for this? And I said, that's my buy. Like, this is my buy number. Um, and then I think we might be able to sell this, sell it for a little bit more. If we do, we'll split that, mm-hmm. right? We'll split that bit over it. Uh, that way they know they're going out there with like a bona fide buy number, right? Yeah. And then they, they've got a buy number. They know if we sell it for, you know, chunk more, we can do, you know, we, there's maybe a cool split there. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just like, it makes it easier. Um, or it makes it like great for them, right? They're able to go out, feel comfortable that when I tell this guy that I'm going to buy his house for 150 grand, right? That I'm actually going to buy it. You know, like yeah. we're actually going to close. So. Well, and that's it, it. Solves like you said, like a great issue you have as a new agent. Like you don't have a buyer's list, mm-hmm. right? So now they already figured out the buyer list problem. Yeah, these guys figure out the the distressed sellers. Yeah. So it solves their problem. Like they get halfway there much faster. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's a really cool service. So uh, yep. let's just kind of elaborate on that. So I got yep. a property tied up and I say, hey, Josiah, I got this appointment yep. at three o'clock today. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one, two, three Main Street. Mm-hmm. I text it to you. And then about two, uh, like 30 seconds to you know five minutes later, we'll say, hey, this is uh, this is what we think we can sell for. Uh, or this is our buy number. Mm-hmm. Or this is what we'll pay for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's a great service, guys. If you don't, you guys should definitely uh, check this out. Um, all right, so what are two or three things you would tell a new guy to do if they were getting started? Getting started, two or three things to, to tell them? Mm-hmm. That's an awesome question. It's a fantastic question. Um, so there's lots of different ways to bring in properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's lots of different ways. I think a huge thing is uh, like networking and getting to know people. Mm-hmm. That's important. So yeah. not you have to network with people. You have to network up. Right. Yeah. If somebody asks you to get a cup of coffee, probably not worth it. <laughs> like, so, like, probably not worth it. Yeah. Um, whereas, 
uh, if you like strategically say like, hey, these are like Steve here in Phoenix. Like, okay, Steve's like a stud. Like he does an awesome amount of business here. Runs an amazing brokerage. Appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be somebody that would say like, hey, I want to connect with Steve. How mm-hmm. can I do that? And then to do it in a way that adds value. Yeah. So to say like, hey, Steve, want to grab coffee? Okay, well, if you're just getting started, Steve's going to be like, uh, bro, like I love you. You know, <laughs> like you're great, but I don't, I'm not getting anything out of go, going to get coffee with you. So yeah. that doesn't really work. Um, whereas like what we tell a lot of guys is like, Hey, uh, if you have, you know, cause our focus is mainly on the sales side, right? Mm-hmm. The dispo side, that's what we focus on. Um, and so it's like, you know, people will say like, Hey, I want to, you know, want to grab a cup of coffee. Like, okay, well meet us out at a house, you know, like mm-hmm. meet us out when we're looking at a house, we can walk through it. Um, you know, like in that, that way it's like, we're already working. They're just showing up to meet and then they're going to, you know, they'll get something out of it. Yeah. Right. Um, that way there's value on both sides. So just you want to create value or real, like figure out a way to bring value to those situations mm-hmm. or show up where they're already getting value. So like if, if okay, guys, so if, if you want to hunt down Steve, okay, <laughs> like you know Steve is going to be at a particular meetup every, you know, every- First Thursday. Yeah, first Thursday of the month, okay? Yeah. Uh, so that's a great opportunity because Steve's going to be there because it's already value for him, right? So that's a great place to meet Steve. Whereas if you're like, hey, Steve, can I get coffee? I mean, if somebody just consistently pings me to get coffee, I'm like, I love you. Sorry. No, like, <laughs> I love you. I'm busy. You know, like, yeah. it doesn't get anywhere. But if you, if, uh, so that'd be like one of the biggest things for guys mm-hmm. that are just getting started. So network uh, up. Is network up and then mm-hmm. do it in a way where like they're already there for value. And so you're a bonus, right? Yeah. Meeting you is a bonus. That's, I think, the way to do it. Um, Cause some guys are like, man, no one wants to get me coffee or get coffee with me. It's like, well, duh, dude, you know, like there's no value. Yeah. So um, that's a big thing. Uh, and then I think another thing that uh, especially younger people don't realize is that we're as humans, like they've done actually like decent amount of studies on this, mm-hmm. but we're more motivated by the fear of loss than like potential than potential gain. Right. Right. And so. I think a lot of new entrepreneurs just mm-hmm. in general, but also a lot of new real estate investors, uh, when they're starting, they, the reason why there's not as many successful real estate investors as there should be, mm-hmm. you know, besides like lack of good training and stuff like that yeah, is really because, uh, they're, they're, they're not realizing that as a human, you're going to be more concerned with what can I lose? Right. So like if you have to dial, you know, if you're going to dial for two hours every mm-hmm. night calling people, and that means you're going to lose two hours with your family you're going to really start to think about that as a regular human being after about a week. Mm-hmm. You're like, dang, I'm losing two hours of family time every night. Now, yeah. obviously you're doing that for your family, right? And you're doing right. that and that's eventually going to reverse and it's going to be well worth it. Uh, but when you're first doing it, you just got to realize like as a human, you're going to say like, dang, this sucks, mm-hmm. right? And how can I avoid this loss? It's going to suck. It's going to suck for a while. Yeah, it's going to suck. But it's then gonna it's going to be awesome. Well. And then it's going to be awesome, right? Yeah. So th- I think that's the biggest thing is people don't realize like we're naturally more concerned with what can we lose as humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas uh, an entrepreneur has to consistently remind themselves, I'm in it for this gain. Like I'm in it for this gain. So yes, I'm taking a loss, but that's okay. Right. right. I'm in it for this. So. Um, and I think one of the things that I find interesting about the way you guys do business too is you guys are kind of taking this um, – you know, I like to I like to look at it as a Ritz Carlton, Nordstrom's kind yeah. of like customer service feel. Mm-hmm. You guys apply to the wholesale, yeah. which is weird, right? Like very nice, very nice, <laughs> yeah. very nice. You know, Four Seasons. Literally, I tried to grab a bunch of stuff from the way Four Seasons, mm-hmm. like Four Seasons and Dutch Bros. Okay, yeah. if you ever go to Dutch Bros, okay, like everybody there is way too happy. It's always a party. Yeah, it's always a party. Yeah. So 
Uh, Dutch Bros and Four Seasons. Both of those, you walk, like, Four Seasons, you show up and you're more taken care of than you are anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, so uh, I was really impressed when I walked in because I was walking in. Well, this is a Starbucks cup, but I had another cup just from, from my office. And I walk in and Kevin's like, hey, you know, glad you can come in. Why don't you have a seat? Mm-hmm. Let me get you a bottle of water. And you want me to top up your uh, top off your coffee? I was like, where am I? Yeah, where? That's <laughs> awesome. I freaking love it. This is not a wholesale operation. This I is, love it. So let's talk okay. about how you applied service mm-hmm. to your business. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I love that. So I think uh, it definitely starts with like our hiring mission mm-hmm. and uh, like the type of people that we hire. Yeah. Right? So honestly, nobody told Kevin to be ridiculously nice to people when they come in the door. Yeah. Kevin just does that, yeah. right? Because he's an awesome person, right? right? He's just the nicest guy ever. Um, and so uh, when we hire, like the real mission, um, like behind our hiring is like our, the belief that God's given everybody like an individual plan and purpose for their life. Mm-hmm. And God's given us this company to grow his people, right? Mm-hmm. For that purpose. Yeah. So when they come in, they should obviously learn real estate be at the top of their craft in that area, mm-hmm. um, but then also be growing as people, right? And so, like, love love begets love, right? Yeah. So if they're, if you have that great culture, if you're able to, like, cultivate that culture where uh, people can, like, love each other mm-hmm. and that's a regular thing, then when somebody walks in, they're walking into that culture, yeah. right? So it's more, it's more stirring up the culture in the correct way than it is, hey, when somebody walks in the door, be nice. <laughs> You know, like, that wouldn't quite work. Well, that's kind of so. like when, like, oh, we're having a party. We got to clean up the house. Yeah, exactly. Right. Oh, <laughs> snap. Okay. So you're hiring uh, intentionally or selectively mm-hmm. the people that you're bringing into yep. the culture. Yeah. So why is that important, though, right? Because there's a lot of wholesalers that are very, um, what was it, transactional yep. versus relational. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys different? That's a great question. So, okay, I think this is one of our it's one of our very awesome strengths, mm-hmm. and it's what helps us be so good at dispo, right? As di- yeah. at selling houses for like wholesalers that are bringing them in, mm-hmm. and so uh, and that's because like our guys stay around, right? And it's because they're taken care of. Uh, the like they're one super appreciated and loved. Like mm-hmm. I love everybody that we have in our office, mm-hmm. um, and they want to see the team like succeed and grow. But then also, when somebody's around longer, they can build a better relationship with the buyer, yeah. right? Like if somebody, if you've known somebody for two years and they've always been the same, they've always been consistently like loving, kind, nice, you're way more comfortable like buying a house from that guy. Yeah. Versus somebody that just shows up, like sends you a text blast and is like, yo, you know, like, here's, <laughs> here's, uh, here's this property. You want to buy yeah. it? It's like, I don't know this person, you know? Uh, so it's... Like it's absolutely strategic in that mm-hmm. one, that's the type of culture I like, right? Yeah. That's the type of company I want to run uh, where I can feel proud of it and just like love walking into work, you know, mm-hmm. what I mean? and talking with people. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So for the culture aspect, but then also very strategically for long-term growth. And then also in real estate, I mean, it takes, it takes a couple of years to get very proficient, you know, to yeah. understand, even just understanding uh, like the jargon, right? right. Now, obviously you can have success if you're wa- okay if you're watching this all right and you're like dang i don't got i don't have 2 years you know to spend to get my first deal yeah. that's not the case right that's not the case uh, but to get to a very high level of professionalism mm-hmm. um, in real estate where you're like on the edge that can take some time you know right. what i mean so well, to get to two houses a day 
Yeah, it can take some. Yeah, it takes some time, right? Yeah. And so uh, that's what we. That's why we need. Uh, that's why we want that culture is because we need these guys to stick around because yeah. they have to go through all of that training to really build it up so that they can provide a very high level service uh, to our buyers, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, yeah, provide a very high level service uh, to our buyers and just yeah, be at that level. So, okay. And then uh, this may be an uncomfortable topic, but what fantastic with your organization right now? I mean, you're doing predominantly disposition. Yep. Uh, but you're 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 in all in the same building, mm-hmm. right? Primarily. Yep. Um, keeping the lights on, keeping the operations running. What does that cost per month? It's expensive, man. Yeah. It is expensive. Um, I always defer all financial questions to Hunter. Okay. So he's the one with the glasses. Yeah. He's the one with the glasses. All right. (laughs) He's also the one. Okay. Most of the time I dressed up for Steve. Okay. Put on this this blazer. Yeah. My white V neck. I never wear this because I always spill stuff on white shirts. Um, yeah. So I dressed up for Steve, but, uh, at the office, normally I'm in shorts and a shirt, Mm t-shirt or whatever. Right. Hunter shows up. He's got like custom fitted freaking custom fitted shirts. Yeah. Custom fitted pants. His shoes are like from uh, Santoni in New York. Like oh, okay. flies to New York and has them custom made. Yeah, nice. It's got good taste. Yeah, mint. Uh, so yeah, I defer all financial financial aspect questions to Hunter, yeah. but it's a lot. Okay, it's a lot of money. I mean, round numbers. Uh, roundly, it's like a lot. <laughs> roundly, it's a lot. Okay, and that's because we want to invest in our people, right? We want yeah. we want it to uh, we want this to be the best opportunity for them. Sure. Right. We don't want this to be like, ah, I'm working here because I like the culture, but really I could get paid more somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We want it to be like, I like this culture, and this is the legitimately the best spot for me to be in. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, what would you attribute your success to? Because this is a competitive market, right? Yeah. You guys are standing out. Thanks. Well, not just standing out, dominating. Thanks, so, dude. Thanks, man. So Appreciate what? That. What do you attribute your success to? Um, that's an awesome question. So, um, I think it's like an umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. So the top of umbrella, I absolutely attribute it to God. Like God's just awesome. He's Mm -hmm. super, um, I I could tell tons of stories about that. Yeah. So I think under that, like he gives us a lot of, um, like a lot of things to work with, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's like, Hey, uh, here's an idea, right? That I wake up with. I'm like, that's a good idea. You know, like, awesome. Let's try that. Right. Um, but I don't think it's. Uh, so obviously we always want, we're, we're always trying to think, how can we, how can we do this better? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think really the biggest thing is, uh, how we handle relationships. So realistic people don't, people think it's like a, you know, a a property business, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I have to deal with properties Mm -hmm. and that's a part of it, but it's really relationships. Like it's really how you interact with different people. Uh, like one of, one of the biggest things that we teach the disposition guys. And this is something that I had to learn. So for everybody that's uh, like new or getting started, uh, this is like useful is that um, like you're not customer service when you get on the phone, mm-hmm. right? People want to buy from their best friend. Yeah. So how do you, how are you interacting with your best friend, right? Are you friends on Facebook? Probably. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we, you know, do I like your Instagram pictures? Probably. All right. Do we go out and grab food or something every now and then? Probably. Mm-hmm. When we answer the phone, do I say like, hello, this is da-da-da-da-da at da-da-da-da-da? Like, no, <laughs> right. right? I say, what's up, man? Yeah. What's up, good looking? Like, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fun, right? It's fun. It's relaxed. Uh, it's goofy. You care about the person genuinely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't sell them a house if it's not going to be a good fit for them and their family. Uh, and so that builds a lot of repeat. 
like it's really relationships. It builds a lot of repeat business. Um, that's like the majority of our business now is repeat business. Obviously, we always have new, uh, you know, new Naturally. people come in. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, again, going to some of us would love to have 10 a month, mm-hmm. right? Then you get to like 30, then 50, 60, 70. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you said earlier, you peaked at 80 a couple of months. Yeah. What are some of the pains along the way? Oh my gosh. To get there. All types, uh, all types. I will say um, somewhere between like one, okay, obviously if you have zero, that's the worst, okay? Because zero is <laughs> like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, and so somewhere between one and five, uh, like somewhere between one and five, that's where I think it's the worst mm-hmm. because, or at least that's where it was the worst for me yeah. because it was like, dang, you know, that's when you have like two properties in escrow mm-hmm. and maybe a third, but then one's falling out and you're like losing your mind, you know? Stressed. Yeah, it's just stressful, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not fun. Um, that's where I was like, I don't know about real estate. Like, this <laughs> kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, I don't know if I like this. So um, I think that's like the toughest part. And mm-hmm. then just knowing that like when that comes about, like it's okay. And it's not going to be that stressful. Yeah. Right. Like it really isn't. Uh, and then a big part of it is like who you choose to do business with. Mm-hmm. So never be, never, you should be unoffendable. Right. So if somebody treats you incorrectly, you should never be like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing business with you, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's not that's not what I mean at all. Um, but you should never be, uh, so you should never be offendable or mm-hmm. somebody can, like, say something to you and you get mad and say, I'm not going to do business with you. But you can strategically choose to do business with people that aren't going to call you screaming, yeah. right? That aren't going to, you know, make things terrible. Uh, but when you're doing one to five, you just kind of do the deals. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's the... That's like the tough sticking part. And then, uh, yeah, there's, I mean, there's definitely a process to it, uh, but then it gets, you know, where five, five, like uh, obviously now, but um, even when it was just me, like there was a point where if I had like five in the pipeline, it was like, oh, like, you know, this is kind of low, but also I had, I didn't, you know, I had time. You mm-hmm. know, I wasn't worried about title or anything like that. Like I could get all of that done and be focused on other things. Whereas it took, you know, it took me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, when I was first starting, if I had like two deals in escrow, I was losing my mind just trying to handle those two. Yeah. Like, how could I ever get, you know, how could I, how could anybody ever do like. <laughs> it's impossible to do yeah, more than two. <laughs> it's impossible to do more than two, right? So I think that's the toughest part is getting past that. Once you're past that, um, a lot of guys will sit between like eight and 15 mm-hmm. a month or eight and 12, something like that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of guys hang out in that area and that's like good, healthy business, right? I think at that point you have to decide, uh, do I want to start hiring for long-term? You know what I mean? Like, do I want to start hiring for long-term? Because then you can start turning over some of your high-level high roles. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you don't, you can run a one-man show and have, like, a revolving door and do between eight, you know, like, eight to 12 deals a month mm-hmm. pretty consistently, right? Yeah. You're just always going to be pretty dang actively involved in that business. Yeah. So, and then after that, it just, like, just, just goes. So, I mean, you guys, I think we're doing like around 30 at the beginning of the year, right? Beginning of this year, uh, okay, that we were, we've been pretty consistent. I think we were above 50 at the beginning of this year. Okay. So then let's just say last year when you were in the 30 to 40 range. Yeah. What's the difference difference between the 30 to 40 range to now the 60 to 80 range? Um, Really, it's the, the education of, 
and the fact that they're just insanely awesome, but of the employees. Mm-hmm. So uh, now I don't have to handle, you know, things that like before, like if a title issue comes up or something happens, mm-hmm. I need to be there, right? Like I am the one that has to say like, yeah, do this. Mm-hmm. Now that's not the case, yeah. right? So now if I don't, if I don't go to the office, like it's taken care of. Like there's, I don't know how many files and pending right now, right? And I don't even know, I really don't know what's going on. It's because, uh, you know, the employees are now at a very, like they've really worked hard and they're at a high level uh, where they can handle that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, do you do, there's a question from somebody here. Do you do any business in North Carolina? Uh, okay. So we've looked at North Carolina. I like that market. Mm-hmm. Um, we were right now we're focused on, we rolled out in Florida, so we're doing more there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's on, it's in sites, in our sites, you know, eventually we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, currently we're not doing any in North Carolina though. Okay. All right. So for NC note buyers, cause he was wondering how he could partner with you. So right now cool. you're really doing Love it. North Carolina. So unless mm-hmm. you want to expand out to Florida or Arizona. Same. I mean, it's pretty nice right now. It's time of year. It's not yeah. bad. Not bad at not all. Not bad at all. So, all right. So, uh, being that your business is predominantly disposition, mm-hmm. uh, what would you tell a new guy on how to build his buyers list? How to build? Okay, so so Keegley's first. Yeah, yeah. After Keegley. Yeah, after Keegley, right? Yeah. Um, I and I think that's cool, right? I think uh, I think you can you can strategically choose how you want to do it, mm-hmm. right? It's never bad to have a few pocket buyers mm-hmm. um, by any means. So, uh, and you can strategically choose. Like, there's a lot of guys that do more deals because they use us to sell all of their properties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some guys that are like, yo, I get one deal every six months. Uh, you know, I want a couple of pocket buyers to hand it over to, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I think it's good. Um, so, like, with that said, best way to get, there's different types of buyers, right? Uh, and the ones that you want are ones that are proven buyers. Yeah. So, they've purchased. Uh, so you can do that two ways. One, you can see if they've purchased in cash, mm-hmm. right? Which is great, cash or hard money. Um, so you can pull those, call those people, you know, reach out to them in all different different ways, and then start to build that long-term relationship. And then the biggest thing is just being diligent in that, right? Yeah. I think that's, that is the biggest thing is uh, we're insanely diligent about that, right? Like we don't miss a beat when, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. And over time that pays in really big dividends, right? Um, and it attracts other people, right? Then you start to build a presence and everything like that. We have a lot of, uh, you know, now we have a lot of investors out of state, out of country that are like, oh, hey, we heard about you, right? Then you build, then they stuff builds. Yeah, then stuff starts to come to you uh, and it just builds on itself. It's like you hit a, uh, a tipping point and then it starts to be more exponential. Right. So that's like what you're headed for. But the way you do that is just diligence. So then are you, you're looking up LLCs that bought in the area? Yeah. Uh, you can so I, you can pulse a couple different a couple mm-hmm. different ways. We have a tool that um, that does it. But on uh, Monsoon here uh, in Phoenix, mm-hmm. if you use Monsoon, basically if you're in you know tax record state, yeah. uh, if you're not, sometimes the data provider will actually have the data for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're looking for catch cas. Ca- hold on, got this. <laughs> cash purchases uh, or hard money purchases. Yeah, yeah. So you just pull pull the list for both of those. Find the LLC. If you're in Phoenix, azcc.gov, mm-hmm. um, you can pull up the There's LLC. no secrecy in Arizona. Yeah, there's no secrecy in Arizona. <laughs> you can literally just pull it up, see who owns it. Yeah, uh, yeah grab their name, all their information's there. Yeah. Sometimes their phone number's listed there or their email. All right, so, you can skip yeah. trace them, knock on their door. It's like, yeah. it's just, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Awesome. What's crazy what's available yeah. in public records. Okay, um, so sourcing deals, you guys get a lot of deals brought to you, right? What yes. percentage of your deals 
are other wholesalers bringing to you? What percentage of your deals are you guys sourcing on your own? That's like basically all other wholesalers. Okay. So that's our like main thing. So then how do you connect with those other wholesalers? How do you connect to people that will want to bring you deals? Um, you go on awesome podcasts, yeah. okay? Like one, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. It's Steve Trang might run. I don't yeah. know. Appreciate Same. it. Uh, uh, it's a lot of networking, right? Yeah. Like that's very much Jamil's forte. So um, a lot of networking, going to meetups, especially high-level meetups. I think yeah. that there's definitely different levels mm-hmm. of meetups, you know, where you can, after time, you can figure out, like, these are where, like, high-level performers are going to be. Yeah. And these ones are fun, but they're, you know, there's not a lot of performers there, maybe one or two, <laughs> uh, or none. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, just a lot of meetups. We get a lot of people referred to us, mm-hmm. honestly, which is amazing. Um, and yeah, really, that's like the main, the main chunk yeah. of of how we bring in those types of leads. And Jamil is a, is an amazing, amazing networker. Jamil He's, is. Yeah. He's I so mean, unassuming. He's just relaxed, got his flip flops on, just chill with a cup of coffee. Yeah. But like I'm calling people, it's like, hey, you know, I'm looking for some deals. You got anything? It's like I sent everything to Jamil. I was like, oh. yes, that's good. Thing. <laughs> like, come on, just that's leave awesome. some for us. I know. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Uh, okay, so Hunter, I understand, does a lot of the operations as far as the, the escrows and so on. Yeah. You guys have a system you guys like to use? Um, so yeah. we use, you mean as far as how we keep track of all that? Mm-hmm. So we use Podio uh, and okay. then connected to Globiflow. Uh, we have some in-house tech guys that make that all masterful and mm-hmm. awesome because at a certain at a certain point like really for a long time you can just use podio you know what mm-hmm. i mean or you can set up any of the uh, functionality you want with globy flow yourself like yeah. it's pretty simple um but at some point it's like okay this is like too much work we need somebody that actually knows how to write this and yeah. make this flow correctly um but yeah podio and then globy flow okay and then i'm just gonna do a shameless plug for an escrow officer that you and i both use cool go for so it. so what is critical to you about the escrow officer that you work with? Oh my gosh, man. That's such a good question. Okay. Uh, and especially because we're doing deals in Florida, you know, where we don't have, like where we're just, we're finding out which title companies are great, which ones mm-hmm. aren't. Um, so there's a lot, right? Obviously they have to be comfortable with assignments, double closes. And then the other thing is you have to check to make sure that they're doing them with other investors and have mm-hmm. been doing them for a while. So right. just because they know how to you know do an assignment does not mean they know how to have the conversation when the seller comes to sign. Right. Right. Or streamline it. Yeah. Or streamline it. Or that they've, you know. Their staff knows how to do it. Yeah. Their staff knows how to do it. I've also had like uh, signers, you know, when we're not at our chosen title company, be like, oh, so they're, you know, they're making, so you're selling this for this much? Well, they're making 45, you know, like they're making $45,000. Like, it's not fair. Yeah. Like, that's not fair. What? Like, dude, <laughs> you know, like, what are you, you know, like you're a title, you're a third party, you know, what yeah. are you doing? Um, and so, yeah. And obviously we always want to make it as, as fair as possible. So, yeah. uh, but with that, so you want to make sure they have some experience too, mm-hmm. right? So, because they can say that they can do them, but then not know how to have the, the part that comes with experience are the conversations, mm-hmm. and that's what you really care about, right? Yeah. The conversations or how they how they drop the HUD, right? Different stuff right. like that. Um, you know, where are the fees listed? Is it right at the top? Is it at the bottom? Are you, you know, adjusting the purchase price to, you know, include the assignment or not include the assignment? Just like all of the um, little details like that. Right. So just you want to make sure that they have... Uh, because that can make experience. or break a deal. All 100%. Or... Or just make you go a little bit insane, right? Because yeah. then the seller's calling you and you're like, ah. Firefighting. Yeah. For you're, no reason. Eh. Yes. 
when you should be having dinner with your family. Yes, and when you want to do a high level of, mm-hmm. you know, like a high number of deals, then like once you times that by 10, it really matters, right? Yeah. And it really matters then, and it also really matters when you have one deal, and if it doesn't go through, then you're like, I can't pay rent. <laughs> so that matters too. Oh, so. no, that's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So uh, to answer Jamil's question, so we use Magnus Title, we use uh, Carry Persons, and then uh, it could be with uh, I think Magnus Title East or FTA. Uh, either way, Carry Title does. West. Yeah, Magnus Title West. Title West. Sorry, yeah, Magnus thanks, Title dude. West or FTA. So Carry does an amazing, amazing job. We all love her. Yeah. Uh, so what are you going to do if the market dips? Dude, good question. Move to the Bahamas. Call it a day. No, I'm just joking. Okay. <laughs> Start wholesaling in Bahamas. That sounds great. <laughs> sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I think about that a lot. Um, and it's kind of, I, I, you know, obviously, normally like every 8 to 14 years, we'll see mm-hmm. some type of correction in the market. Yeah. So that's, or some type of downturn in the market, right? Uh, so we normally have a, a bull market for about 8 to 14 years. I think 14 is like the longest we've had period, like where it's been a bull market. Mm-hmm. And then we normally have about a two-year bear market. Uh, and so that's expected, right? So we'll definitely bump into that. Mm-hmm. So it makes no sense not to be ready for that. Um, so when it uh, when it does hit, though, it doesn't always necessarily affect real estate directly. So it'll be interesting to see how it does this time around, mm-hmm. uh, how it affects real estate. So depending on depending on what happens, there's a lot of different options, right? right. Uh, so uh, if it tanks in real estate's really cheap, like we've made sure that we have the cash reserve to really capitalize on that opportunity like I mm-hmm. really hope okay I don't hope that happens but I kind of really hope that that happens well seeing as how you and I cut our teeth during a recession yeah we feel like we're better prepared this time yes okay we missed out right yeah last time I was Dang. like oh these are all this great deal yeah this other, this other house for 40,000 that I can't afford yeah I know seriously 100% <laughs> I remember like being I remember being driven to uh like it was and my mom was driving we were going like I was going to high school right yeah. I was going to I don't know, 11th grade or something like that. Yeah. And seeing like uh, super, 11th or 12th, seeing like super uh, cheap houses being like, I know I should buy that. Yeah. Like, Dang. I was like, I wonder how I could get money together to buy that. But at that point, you don't know anybody, right? Like, right. you know, zero money guys. You know, you know, so it's just, yeah. So, that. Um, Corey, our friend Corey Geary. Yeah. Um, he tied up a property last mm-hmm. week and I saw it and it was over on Thomas. Cool. Right. And he's like, ARV is like 150, 160. I got it tied up at 120. He's like really happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at that because I know that address. Yeah. Because as an REO agent, I sold one of those properties for 10,500. Yeah, dude. Oh, oh. Man, if I bought that for oh. 10, 5, how good would I it be hurts. doing right now? It hurts. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Yeah, I know. So that's our that that's easy. You can also be a short sale clearing house. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can work really well with REOs. Um, there's a lot of different you know, there's right. a lot of different options depending on how it's affected. And a good thing is your license. So you, you, you got even more tools at your disposal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, even like fix and flippers, everything gets better when the market does that, yeah. right? Well, the margins are better. Yeah, everything's better. Yeah. So yeah, so it's, I'm pretty excited. Okay, so what is your biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle right now? So really what the biggest struggle, I think, is we're trying to uh, we're trying to roll out. Uh, we really want to like air make our model airtight, right? Mm-hmm. So that when we drop it in some a new market, it just rolls out, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like boom, fascinating, beautiful. That sounds impossible. So yeah, I know. Seriously, okay, that's that's why we <laughs> took it head on. We're like, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, so that's what that's the 
that's the biggest challenge is and you know every time like in florida right when we roll out roll out in a new market mm-hmm. uh so we're in like tampa orlando miami uh looking at jacksonville uh, which will be fun but uh so every time we roll out we're like okay cool add this and add this right mm-hmm. this needs to change this needs to change and this will get us to like x number of deals faster right so that's the um that's the like the biggest thing that we're working on right now is really honing that in making it airtight interesting yeah. So should we have a stunning home, Florida? Is that I'm just saying I wouldn't complain. Okay, <laughs> wouldn't complain. Uh, what is your superpower? Mm. That's an awesome question. That's an awesome question. Well, I have red hair, so I'm digging that. <laughs> Thank God. I was like, thanks, God. Got cool red hair. Yeah. Um, yeah. Superpower. I think the thing that I enjoy, uh, I think the thing that I enjoy the most or maybe like a superpower is actually like building a culture, yeah. right? And really like what what do we have to pull in together or what do we have to act like? How do I have to act as a, a leader, mm-hmm. right? Or what is needed in order to make this that culture we want it to be yeah. uh, where people can really thrive and do well. All right. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. And that obviously, like I said, I've experienced this, right? Thanks. Walking into your office. Thanks, man. Uh, what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Ooh, greatest lesson. Oh, man. Uh, okay, I think... Dang, there's so many lessons. Mm-hmm. Should have prepared for this. Just the um, biggest one. No, no pressure. Big, yeah, no pressure. Just the biggest one. <laughs> I love it. Um, I think something that's super important and that bogs down a lot of like younger uh, entrepreneurs or just starting, not necessarily younger, mm-hmm. right? Because you could you could be a starting entrepreneur and be like 85, okay? Right. And that's awesome. Like that. Yeah. Hands off. Like not or like hats off to you. That's awesome. Um, and so uh, I think the biggest thing is like you get bogged down with stress. Mm-hmm. Just like day-to-day stress. And so like if somebody's, if it seems like a life-ending situation, uh, it's definitely not. And then also what you have to remember is that most people sell a house like one, two, three times in their entire life. Yeah. So we're experts at the thing that causes the most stress for the majority of the population. Yeah. So since we're experts, it doesn't have to stress us out as much as it stresses them out. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to get a lot of that overflow of that stress like they sell one two or three of these and it's the like a big chunk of their wealth or their savings mm-hmm. they're gonna have a lot more stress than we are where this is like like dealing cards right this is our yeah. regular like back day to day yeah day to day so i think the biggest thing is just uh not holding on to that stress like just giving that up yeah. not not worrying right so it's interesting yeah. uh what is your favorite best or most interesting failure favorite best or most interesting failure Mm. Dang, that's tough. Every time I think of like failure, okay. Um, let me think. I try to, so I like try to think of failures as a positive thing, um, for the most part, at it least. Almost always is. Yeah, it it almost or even kind of always is. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of one where I was like, dang, you know, that was a, uh, that was a bummer. I don't know. There's a ton, man. Yeah. I'm trying to think of something that would be substantial. Most mm-hmm. of the time, it's little stuff. You know what I mean? Like most of the time, it's uh, like you know, I had a phone call, like my first phone call with a buyer, right? Mm-hmm. I was like straight. Ner- this guy had you know a couple million dollars to spend. That was the info that I had on the person. Was like mm-hmm. they have a couple million dollars that they want to spend to buy properties, and then I was 17 at the time, 
And some guys like work jobs. I was a gymnast and then went to a prep school. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't like have, like I never took phone calls ever, right? Or made phone calls. So to make a phone, I don't even know what to say, you know, like it was weird. And so I was just so insanely nervous and butchered the crap out of that (laughs) call. All right, just stuff like that. You know what I mean? Where it's like, oh gosh, like what was I thinking? Or, um, Or like showings, right? Uh, it took me a long time to crack the code on how to do a good showing yeah. where the seller's at the house and, you know, we're bringing buyers, right? And so... That's uh, always an interesting situation. Yeah, it's always an interesting Lots situation. Lots of wild cards in there. Right? Lots of wild cards. They're selling you the house for $120. you are selling it to your buyer for $130, mm-hmm. right? Or $129.9 or whatever. And they can't talk to each other, but you can't make it weird. So it's yeah. like, ah! It's um, a dance. So I think a lot of fun failures in that area. Yeah. Uh, and it's all good, right? You learn from them. You're like, oh, cool. And now we got it pretty airtight right. on how to. Don't run do this. that again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Noel wants to know: Are you licensed? I am licensed. I'm licensed with uh, my man Steve over here at Stunny Homes. Yep, it's much appreciated. Yeah. Uh, what book have you gifted more than any other? Oh dang. Okay, I, it's the Bible, straight okay. up. I have a. Um, I can, give you, I can give you some good business. Oh. Yeah, suppliers. <laughs> seriously, I can give you some good like business ones that I like a lot too. Okay. Um, but yeah, I actually have a box of. You can buy it for like thirty-seven bucks. You can mm-hmm. buy like a ton of Bibles, yeah. right? And so, uh, and I just hand those out like with like five-dollar bills to like homeless people and stuff. Okay. So it's definitely the Bible. But uh, uh, as far as like business book mm-hmm. that I think would be useful, um, depending on what like where you're at. Uh, obviously, there's like the greats are like think and grow rich stuff mm-hmm. like that um one that i like i really like from this year is thinking fast and slow uh, mm. that's freaking i love that book like it really changed a lot of how i negotiate right or how we have our guys negotiate and it's been great right so can you give me an example like something that uh it talks about so a lot of it is th- are things that we know right mm-hmm. but then or uh we didn't, I didn't know as clearly. Instinctively. Yeah. yeah, instinctively. But then they do like clinical trials, right? Yeah. So it's like clinical trials, like this is how it works. And there's a ton like uh, um, like anchoring, right? So yep. there's a lot. There's tons of these that I could go through. But anchoring is one. Um, or if I say like, hey, how much, uh, how much older than 114 years old was Gandhi when he died? And then like, wait a second. I was like, well, how old was Gandhi when he died? Mm-hmm. Right? So the answer is like, it's something like 20% different based on if I, the first question said 114 or if the first question maybe said 40, mm-hmm. right? Because you picture 114 year old, like just even for an instant. Um, and so anchoring, right? Like when you're, when you're making an offer, uh, anchoring a price. So right. my partner wanted, you know, wanted me to offer, uh, you know, 65 for this. Uh, but we, you know, I was able to get them to to 80, right? And you know that they want 100, mm-hmm. right? So instead of saying, "I know you want 100," I was able to get you to 80, right? You start with 65, I got you to 80. Yeah. Uh, and they did the same. Like some of the tests were, like they would ask them, they would spin a wheel, it would land on a random number, and then they would ask them a question, and the answer that was given was directly affected by the spinning of the wheel oh, yeah. that had nothing to do with the question. For sure. So just goofy stuff like that. So thinking so. fast and slow. What yeah, thinking fast and slow. Um, and then another really good one. I didn't originally read this book because I thought it was like, I don't know. I thought it was going to be too simple. Mm-hmm. It's never split the difference. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I think it's by Chris Voss. I it just, is Chris Voss. Yeah. I thought that was going to be like lame. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, dude, never split the difference. Like, There's times where you got to split the difference. Okay. Right. And so I originally, I just like pushed that book off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was a really great book. 
That so. was my favorite book of last year. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really good. So, um, yeah. so anchoring, you know, on that topic, one of my, our, what our guys are trained to do mm-hmm. is, hey Josiah, you know, before you give a number or you're telling me a number, or whatever, and yep. it's my turn. Yeah. Like, hey Josiah, you know, like it's like 200, mm-hmm. you know, and we want to offer 140. Yeah. Hey, you know, just so you know, like investors in the area, they're like between 120 and 130. Yes, yeah, perfect. Right. Yeah. It's perfect. But what we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what we can do. <laughs> right. I got you. Yeah. yeah that's so perfect. it's anchoring. Yeah, you can even do it with uh, not even talking about price. Mm-hmm. Just throwing out a lower number. Yeah. Like, yeah, I bumped into this lady. She was like, hey, I'm 47. It was weird. Anyhow, I can offer you 70 for your house. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, even that works. No, that but, makes sense. But, yeah. It's, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's fun. It's okay, cool. so the other thing we're talking about, you know, relational, transactional, there's a lot of turnover in our industry in yep. the wholesale side. And, uh, you know, I kind of posted a, a, a question yesterday mm-hmm. about how many people do we think, how many wholesalers there are because it seems like there's like an infinite number of them in our market. Yeah. But they, a lot of them leave. Mm-hmm. So what what do you attribute that to? People leaving? Or people not making it in wholesaling? Not making it in wholesaling? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think it, so obviously, um, I think maybe you could wrap it all together in saying like spending time in the wrong places. Yeah. So even going back to the like, coffee you know going to get coffee example i know a lot of guys are like man i tried wholesaling for uh like one you know a month or whatever (laughs) or a couple months maybe right and like i was worked on it every day and like i just got nowhere i'm like Uh okay well what did you do and you know it was a slew of like coffee dates and Mm -hmm. stuff i'm like bro if you're just starting like coffee dates are not the way unless you have like a mentor that's like there's some some guys and gals that are like older, mm-hmm. you know, and they're like really good mentors, and they're now at a place where they're like, yeah, let's grab coffee. We have time. Let's do it. Yeah. Right. Then that's cool. They'll probably say they might say yes. Mm-hmm. Right. But somebody that's in the thick of it, they're not taking time out of their schedule to go grab coffee with somebody that's just starting for the right. most part. Yeah. Right. Um, so I think being specific with your time. Right. What am I doing? Uh, if I go to a meetup, I talk to you know. 14 people, right? Yeah. But if I sit on a dialer, I can call 300 in mm. an hour or a couple hours, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's more, that's a better use of my time. More conversations. Yeah, more conversations. Um, but yeah. So more or less being intentional every time, time management. Yeah. And then the last the last little bit, okay, yeah. just throw some in there. Extra sure. bonus uh, would be there's like, okay, wholesaling is easy. You can do it quickly. You can make money super fast, right? Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. Um, at the same time, there's, you know, there's competition just like in anything. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, hey, I'm going to, or even with starting a business in general, they're like, I'm going to break into this space. Like, okay. So first off, there's not, there's not impenetra- impenetrable competition anywhere. Right. Whatever business you want to get into, you can get into right? Like people die. The people that are in the business now get recycled about every generation. Mm-hmm. So you for sure can find a place mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and so you have to be competitive with, with them. What are they doing? Right? Okay. Well, they're working full time at this, right? So just having the understanding of like, okay, cool. They're working full time. They're not necessarily looking for the next thing because they're comfortable now. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I have to invest my time. I have to think what's that next thing going to be. Yeah. Uh, that's important, right? Whereas a lot of guys are like, well, you know, I called, for a couple hours, a few days, for a couple weeks, it's like, bro, I love you, you know, but that doesn't work, you know. Like, That's you not can, cut it. you can make it in, like, one hundred percent. You can make it in, but you have to be, you have to realize what your competition is and be competitive. You be all in. Yeah. All right. So Noel wants to know, how do you protect against 
how do you protect yourself against wholesaling since you're licensed? That's what you and me, but I'll just let you run with that one. I was going to say, Steve, you just take it away, bro. Take it away. Uh, well, as a broker, I think it's pretty simple, right? You just got to fully disclose. Disclose, yeah. disclose, disclose, right? Yeah. I'm a licensed real estate. I'll just give you guys my example. I write everything on AAR contract, and I'm, yeah. as I put sellers aware that buyer is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, sellers aware the buyer is intending to resell for profit. Um, buyers buying as is. Yeah. Um, what else is there? And buyers paying all traditional closing costs, mm -hmm. less property taxes and other uh, yeah. assessments. Mm -hmm. um, and liens. Yeah, perfect. Right. Yeah. So that's how we protect ourselves. We're, it's disclose, disclose, disclose. Don't be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Just disclose. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, also connect with a connect with guys. Connect with a good broker. Okay. Yeah. Like Steve over here. But uh, um, yeah, connect with a good brokerage too. Right. That has people there that they're comfortable, like that are wholesaling and that they already understand. If you have to show up and then teach your broker how oh. to wholesale, <laughs> it's a little. Ah, it's like you can do it, but it's a lot of conversations and then, you know, it's kind of like you're the bad guy, which right. isn't fun. Whereas you're if, the bad guy and you're taking time of your day to explain yourself. Exactly. Over and over and over. Yeah. And I was actually speaking with an, uh, an agent that's doing this, another brokerage. He's like, mm -hmm. yeah, these, these four disclosure forms that we have to put and it's, you know, he's got the brokerage name on top and this and that. I was like, ugh. Yeah, brutal. Or some 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 brokers are like for assignments, you need like seventeen pages need yeah. to be signed. It's like, oh, or they just don't do them. They're like, we don't deal with that. Yeah. So you just have to have have the right broker and then disclose. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Don't be stupid. So yeah, good lesson. <laughs> good lesson. <laughs> okay. So um, we we were we were chatting about this uh, momentarily. Uh, coaching program. What's yeah? What's going on with that? Yeah. So um, okay. So we're. It's not like a. You know, it's not like a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely nothing. Yeah, it's definitely not like a big deal or anything um, like Keegly is that business. Yeah. Uh, but I am starting a, a coaching program. Really, the concept behind it is uh, there's kind of a myth that like once you catch your first deal, like the second one just comes. Right. That's not how it works. Unfortunately. <laughs> Who's spreading that myth? Yeah, I know. Well, it's just like, you know, you get your first deal in the door and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're going. Uh, and that's not the case. So, OK, check this out. Right. Right. I'm, we're, I'm pretty proud of this. All right. At first, you're going to think the name's a little goofy, and then mm -hmm. I'm going to explain it. So, uh, uh, the program's called Astro Flipping. Okay? okay. Which just like haven't even put the website up or anything mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but it's called Astro Flipping. And the concept is there's certain strategies and things that you can do uh, where it's like if you're going to do a front flip, right? Okay. If you do a front flip on the ground, mm -hmm. then uh, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to do, right? It's yeah. not super easy. You got to know what you're doing. You got to be practiced. Then you can do a front flip. Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to do five front flips in a row, like each one after the first one is going to be harder and harder and harder and harder. Um, and so that's where astro flipping comes in, yeah. right? And so if you're, if you're in a zero gravity situation and you do a front flip, well, it's just easy, right? Mm -hmm. It just keeps rolling. Yeah. Uh, and so it's really honing in and talking about the strategies and things that we uh, did at Kegley to get us from, you know, okay, we did one, two, and now, you know, now we're doing 70, like 80. That's the, the concept, right? Is how do you like open that switch or open that window so you can just go? Yeah. And it's just easy. Well, I think that's brilliant. And I'm a very big believer in coaching. I do a lot of different various coaching programs. And so, I, you know, I don't know what the cost is, but whatever it is, I am convinced it'll be worth it Thanks, man. to learn from you, right? Someone has done it. It's not it's not a, a, a guru that's not in the business. It's someone's mm -hmm. actually doing it. So that's cool. That's Thanks, exciting. Man. Thanks, man. Um, what is the best way for one of our listeners to get a hold of you? It's a fantastic question. Man, um, 
Uh, so my assistant answers my emails. Mm-hmm. So if you send an email to Josiah, J-O-S-I-A-H, at Keegley, so K-E-Y-G-L-E-E.com, that'll go to, that's uh, my personal email, mm-hmm. uh, it'll come to me, and then Carly's my assistant, so she is the one that like, like sifts through and helps with that. Make sure, basically, she makes sure that I don't forget to answer emails, because <laughs> otherwise I will, I definitely yeah. will, uh, but that's probably the best way uh, best way to get hold of me. Okay. And Summer, who you've dealt with, mm-hmm. yells at me too for not checking my email. So <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> we both have similar pains. Or at least our admins have similar pains. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. Again, if you like this show, please share this episode right now. And then do join us next week. we got Danny uh, with Highest Cash Offer. She's, uh, okay. from what I understand, the smarter or the. the better uh, looking. The, so definitely yeah. the better looking half of Highest Cash Offer. Uh, so do check that out next Wednesday, 2 o'clock. Thank you, guys, and thank you. Love it. That was Thanks, awesome. Man. Fantastic. Thanks, guys. Cool.